take anyone at this point. Welcome to Audio Diary into the Ether. Hello again, friends. I'm so glad that you are joining me for another episode of Audio Diary into the Ether. This episode, we are going to dive into my mental health journey um, because I think a lot of people, from what I know at least, um, go through a lot of the same things that I do um, mentally and emotionally um, and are healing from the same kind of shit. So I hope that you find this helpful um, because it's been a roller coaster. Okay, Um, let's start at the beginning. My life kind of really psychology and mental illness and psychosis was like a very large part of my life. Because um, my grandmother was schizophrenic and she was, mm, she was a high level of schizophrenic. Um, she, you know, had full on hallucinations and would attack them, you know, and then she also might stare at a wall for hours. She's a chain smoker. She, she was very, very ill. Um, And growing up, my mother also became quite mentally ill. Um, She suffered with bipolar disorder um, and also had um, some pretty intense delusions that were, you know, um, had a large effect on my childhood and her motherhood of her children. Uh, so, you know, if mom listens to this, sorry, but it's kind of the truth. It's how I, how I experienced you as a kid. Um, but I've forgiven her, you know, if I'm honest, we don't have a super tight relationship, but I mean, I don't know. A lot happened and boundaries, I guess, whatever. Anyway, um, So that was kind of my growing up. And honestly, one of my greatest fears was going crazy like my mother. Um, So, you know, I don't know. I just, I felt, I always felt like, like maybe, maybe I'm going to have a psychotic break now. Like maybe now's the time. And uh, I was maybe, I don't know if I was too cautious uh, because I do think I do suffer from some type of like anxiety and depression but honestly it's more just like I feel things a little too strong and I have a lot of triggers because I have a bit of trauma that I'm still working through um so I don't even know if it's an anxiety disorder I don't know so trying to figure it out but um that's you know why I want to talk about my journey so maybe you can uh hear hear kind of how I've tackled it and my experiences with it and decide what you want to do. Okay, I finally set my phone to do not disturb because I'm a new little podcaster. Don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. Yeah. Anyway, so I always, you know, um, was very, very sensitive to 
you know, my moods and emotions and mood swings and all of that. And so when I was maybe around 28, um, I had taken some medication that were affecting my hormones and I started having panic attacks. I realized now, you know, that I think those panic attacks were more related to the hormones than they were my actual mental state. And that is actually why I am currently on no medication. Um, I have completely gone off of all of them and I'll tell you the ones that I was on and how it was to get off what my experience of them were. So I had those panic attacks. That was when I first went to the psychiatrist. Um, and he diagnosed me as having anxiety and depression. Uh, he put me on Prozac. Prozac, uh, I mean, it was actually not bad, except I was completely emotionally numb. Like, I couldn't feel my emotions. And at first, I was like, oh, it's just, it's just how everyone else feels. Then I realized, no, no, I should be feeling a little something. And why am I feeling nothing? So Prozac was a little much. Um, went off of Prozac. Um, I actually went off of Prozac because of a guy that I was dating. God bless it. Like, I don't know if Prozac also fucked my brain or something because literally I should have seen him like walking a mile away that red flag but it was coronavirus and I was lonely and you know you know you went through the same three years that I did oh my god it was a mess thank god we're I don't know we're not completely on the other side and god knows that we ever will um but at least it's not like literally I don't know, on the news. Now Trump's indictment is on the news. Anyway, I just, I stopped listening to radio when, or the news in general, when Trump was president, because it literally caused me too much anxiety. Like just the hate and the ignorance that he spewed, like constantly, constantly, constantly. Anyway, this is not here nor there. Um, I was talking about my medication journey. So Prozac. My boyfriend got me off of it. I realize now, like hindsight's twenty twenty, he might have wanted me to get off my medication because he did actually encourage it. He's like, you know, if we have children, we were talking about marriage. And um, he's like, if we have children, like you probably shouldn't be on it. And, you know, I think I like you. You have more personality, like more wit, whatever, when you're off of it. So I went off of it. And um, when I went off of it, though, you know, maybe it was messing with my brain because I think I started to see things a little more clearer, um, especially when it came to him. And that's why we ended up breaking up was because I realized he'd gaslight me anytime I'd ever try to hold him accountable for anything. Uh, so I like bucked myself up. I, I prepped myself beforehand. I was like, I'm not going to let him gaslight me. Like I'm going to recognize he's gaslighting. I'm going to call it out and I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to keep on pressing my line of questioning. And I did. And thank God I did because I got down to the root of it and he hated his ex-girlfriend. He literally, his, he even said this to me. He said, I, you know, I just felt like my entire life, like this anti-hero, like, 
my revenge was against women or whatever. Like I would get back at Ellie that I just hated everything about her. Like the liberal, the little, apparently she was the president of um, Antifa in Portland, which is where Mark is from. He also is close with Andy. No, who is a conservative author or whatever. A lot of people know him. Ugh. Ooh, I should have seen the red flags. I don't know why I didn't. He was, a little bit fucking insane. Anyway, he got me off my Prozac. Then we broke up. I essentially had like a nervous breakdown. There was like, I was, I had also like, was in a super toxic space at work too. So it went breakup and then I left my job um, that next month. And that was a woof. Off of my medication, that was a rough, rough month. I was, cause I was off of the Prozac. I was on nothing. So anyway, then I got on Effexor, um, which is venlafaxine. A lot of people like it. And I actually loved it. I loved the Effexor because, you know, I didn't feel like my moods were dampened anymore. I think it's because, um, Prozac is an SSRI, but, um, uh, Effexor is an SSRNI. So the N stands for neuroepinephrine. So not only does it like help you sustain your serotonin levels, but it also helps you sustain neuroepinephrine, which I believe has something to do with dopamine or it might just be dopamine. I can't remember. Anyway, um, and SSRIs just work on the serotonin, not the neuroepinephrine. So Effexor was what I was on and I was on quite a bit of it. Ooh. And then you know, I don't know if this was like the pandemic. I never did a drug until the pandemic. Um, and then in the pandemic, I started, uh, you know, puffing a little of the puff. Um, and I honestly started to like crave it because I felt like I couldn't access my creativity or my feelings or like my real emotions if I wasn't high. And I realize now, so it got to the point where I was like, something's got to give. I need to change up something. So I decided the thing I was going to change up was go off Effexor because honestly, I, you know, looked at my entire, my entire mental history, um, and decided there wasn't a good enough case for me to, um, stay on it. Because I honestly don't even think I trust the original psychiatrist that gave me the original diagnosis. Because he literally was like asking really uncomfortable questions about how sex was with my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, what? Anyway, uncomfy. I ended up going to another woman after that. But then she charged way too much and literally spent five whole minutes with me every time. Ugh. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do psychiatry again. We'll see. Anyway, went off of my Effexor. Let me tell you something. Oh, the withdrawal from Effexor. Oh, ooh, taper down, babies. If I can tell you one thing, if you will leave with one thing from this podcast, if you are on Effexor and you ever get off of it, please, 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 please save about half a bottle of um the of whatever your pills and they're usually in like capsules um that you can open up and there's like little balls of the whatever the medicine is anyway 
what I did was I had like a little, um, I don't know if it was supposed to be a pill box, but, um, anyway, I think it's a little pill box. It's like adorable. It's like vintage with this like beautiful little ivory cover. Anyway, I opened up all of the capsules and I poured out all of the little balls in this little pill box. And so what I did to taper down after I tapered myself down to around 25 milligrams from 150. So that took like a month alone just to like taper down from that. Anyway, um, I'll tell you also about my experience when I went cold turkey, (laughs) but we haven't gotten into the withdrawal symptoms yet. We're just talking about tapering. Anyway, um, stuff to look forward to when you taper down. When you taper down to 25 milligrams, then I would start with what they call the wet finger method. And this is actually like, you can look this up. This is recommended um, by a lot of psychiatrists. I didn't talk to my psychiatrist specifically about it because I wasn't going to give her $250 to tell me what Google could tell me. So anyway, (laughs) um, maybe that's reckless, but you know what? I'm alive and I'm okay. Um, I also was talking to my therapist about it. So don't worry. Okay. Don't stop worrying. Stop worrying about me. Okay. I'm great. Anyway. Um, so I had that little pill box and then I started the wet finger method. And what I would do is after I went off of the 25 milligrams, I would just do one. I would wet my thumb and I would stick it in the pill box. Whatever stuck to my thumb is what I took that day. And then I did that for a week. And then I did another week where I would just wet my finger, my like index finger, and I would stick it in the little pill box, whatever was on my finger, that's what I would take that day. And then the last two weeks, I did a pinky, um, wet my pinky, stick it in there, you know, you got, you got the gist of it. Um, so I did, like I said, the thumb for a week, the index finger for a week, and then that pinky for about two weeks, because, and it might have been two weeks, it probably could have only been one, but I need to tell you about my withdrawal symptoms, cold turkey, because that was what I was trying to avoid. And holy friggin' buggets, get ready, get ready. Okay. Um, so when I wanted to get off my effector, I was like, I'll just cold turkey it. Cause when I went off Prozac, I had no withdrawal symptoms. So, um, when I went off the effector, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I just guess I expected, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really good at medication. I've only taken one in my entire life and it's this, or it's been like, you know, antibiotics or whatever. Those are easy. They've got instructions, but well, these do too. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I went off the effector the first like day, you know, I would get the brain zaps. It was the eight hours after maybe 12. I got like brain zaps. I was super dizzy. I was incredibly nauseous, but I went to sleep. And then the next day, you know, I was still kind of nauseous. I was still really dizzy and had the brain zaps, but I was feeling okay. And I would probably say like day, um, two and like half of day three, was like that. Like I was feeling okay. I was feeling okay. And then midway through day three, after cold Turkey off of 150 milligrams of Effexor, um, I started violently throwing up like violent, like every half hour I was throwing, Ooh, it was bad. Anyway, after that, I was like, nope, 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 nope. I have to taper down because yikes. 
Yikes. Yikes. I think I might have made it to day five of withdrawals cold turkey without like intervening much or no. Because I think that it happened day three and then I got on some again, but then I tried to go off again and I still had the same anyway. doesn't really matter. They were really bad. And it took honestly about a month, um, a month after I had completely gone off of them. I was just nauseous all of the time. And I fucking hate being nauseous, but I was nauseous all of the time for an entire month. And I still had brain zaps. Um, the like dizziness and whatever, I didn't have that anymore. Thank God that was only like the really early initial withdrawal symptoms for me at least. But anyway, that was my experience getting off of Effexor. Now I, you know, went off all of them because I also really wanted to see like, uh, when I get off of all of them, am I okay? Or how am I? How is my mental state? I've realized, like I've come to the conclusion that, you know, I do have a touch of anxiety and depression. I probably was over-medicated, um, with the effectser for sure, but I think I might be open to going on another, like, actual, um, psychiatric medication again. But, um, for now I'm actually going to try ketamine therapy. I'm on my fifth, um, session of ketamine therapy. Um, this ketamine, you know, some of it, some people know it of it as like a rave party drug, but, um, it's being used in psychological, um, you know, uh, pharmaceutical, I guess, psychological pharmaceuticals or whatever, um, to really like open up neural pathways and, um, really helps with dealing with a lot of different traumas at once. So I've also been in therapy for a number of years. My first therapists that I had attended were, uh, Christian therapists. I didn't find any of their methods really helpful, but Um, I finally found a therapist that I absolutely love. We do EMDR and brain spotting. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember what EMDR all stands for. It's like, um, something with your eye movement, eye movement, something, something. Anyway, um, it was EMDR has been so helpful for me because it kind of like helps me again, open up that trauma for reframing and like reframing those neural pathways and really, um, getting out of blocks. Like I've had full on dissociative experiences, um, with EMDR. I've absolutely loved it, but you know, um, as much as I love, therapy. I also don't know that it's all that I need to help, you know, with my, um, mental health. So I'm trying ketamine, um, and ketamine, uh, it, how they kind of explained it, or at least how I've seen it explained is that it helps open up neural pathways. So it's almost like multiple spots of EMDR because usually, usually with EMDR, at least in my experiences, um, you focus on one kind of specific trauma. And um, I almost feel like with the ketamine, it kind of opens up all of those traumas for reframing, not in a bad or negative way, but in a like, 
oh, I understand kind of way. Like it, it just, I felt like it was, um, it helped me process like 10 times faster than I might have with EMDR. So very interesting. I really love it. Um, if you have like drug resistant, you know, anxiety or depression, I highly encourage it. It's been great. Um, I'm like I said, maybe open to other pharmacological options for my mental health right now. But for right now, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I am still like, I've noticed, like I'm a little emotional. Like I can fall into having a panic attack, um, kind of easily when I get into, get into these mental spirals and I just can't like pull myself out. So I'm also trying to learn like breath exercises in those moments. Granted, I am single and I am alone. I don't have anyone that like can see me spiraling and like remind me to, okay, take a breath. And the problem is when I get into those mental spirals, I isolate and I notoriously, even when I'm in a good mental health space, have trouble asking for help. So it's like hard for me to communicate that to anyone because I'm like, I feel like a burden. But I also want to know any of my friends helping me like this is an open invitation to if you ever have any kind of mental health struggle, baby, I will be your motherfucking hype woman. I will be whatever you need. You need to call me. Okay. Um, anyway, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at is I think depending on your community also is huge for mental health and maybe just getting out of capitalism. (laughs) I think that will help me. I really want to move to a commune like yesterday. I think our society is kind of in shambles at the moment. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure where this is going, but anyway, um, maybe that means my next podcast has to be about politics. We'll see. We'll see. I hope you all enjoyed, you know, kind of my mental health journey. If you have any questions, I'm pretty much an open book. Um, and I love to talk about this and I love to talk about my history with um, mental health, mental illness in my family as well. Um, because you know, it got pretty dark and it got pretty intense. Um, but I want to hear your stories as well. And, um, yeah, I love y'all. I hope you learned from this. I hope you found it helpful. If not, thanks for joining me on this crazy little journey and I'll talk to you later. Bye.